You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for November 4th, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from... Hey, who are we kidding? Cops win! Cops win! Hi, hi! Cops win! Hi, hi! Yay, cubbies! Our cubbies won! It's the professional left with Trip Class and Blue Gal. That sounded a lot better in my head, but I'll work on it. And, And just so you know, right up front, we here at the Professional Left podcast know for a fact that Whenever we're done with this, 10 minutes later, something big will happen. That's right. And that's we will just, miss it. We will miss it. It, it happens every time. Every it Friday. It doesn't matter when we do it, yep. how late we do it. Nope. Donald Trump says something outrageous or the the floor falls through something else or James Comey releases a, a fake story about emails. Wow. Whatever. Yeah. T- that's 10 minutes after your... Ten minutes after you're done cutting this right. this mess of my you know blabbing together into something beautiful and and sleek, uh, Donald Trump will take his dick out and just wave it in the air. <laughs> he will just be- because you know hey why not you know. Well, I what I hope happens, and I hate to put it this way because this makes it sound like I'm I'm sort of not focused. Um, I just hope they don't call and tell me my mother has passed away while yeah. we're talking. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny or glib about that, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Uh, we were going to go see them at Thanksgiving. I got a call last Friday night saying from my dad saying, you need to come Monday. So I went Monday yep. and uh, came back Tuesday. I spent all Friday, I spent all Monday afternoon with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I have, we're not going to take too much of the show to talk about this, but I had so much to be grateful for. Uh, she was at home. She has amazing hospice nurses. She is in no pain. Uh, they have all the medication that they need. At that point, she didn't need any medication for pain. She was doing fine uh, in terms of pain. Um, the nurse is amazing. The hospice people are right on the money about getting everything to her that she needed. Uh-huh. Uh, she had needed an EMT over the weekend, and that had worked gone very smoothly and very well. Uh, my sisters were both there. So she had all three of her children in the house to see her, and uh, she was conscious. And the only problem she had mentally was uh, confusion about the time of day and the time Mm -hmm. of – and apparently that's very, very typical. So um, when you've been in the hospital and you're up at all hours and, you know, you didn't really – not knowing what time it was was kind of a normal thing. Um, But, you know, just so much to be grateful for that – at the end of her life, she was doing artwork and she was doing her creative thing. Uh-huh. Um, she had all these paintings up against the wall that she had finished late recently mm-hmm. uh, to show me. And it was funny. There was one behind the door um, in her room where she was. And I looked around the corner at it and she, you know, she paints celebrities portraits, very ironic and funny portraits of celebrities. And, I looked at it and went, Mom, is that Sonia Sotomayor? Because <laughs> uh, it and could she, be. And she said, no, it's White Oprah. <laughs> and I went, oh, yes, I see that now. Sure. And she, and she said to me, I'm going to have to work on that. 
and yeah. fix the face. And I yeah. said, no, you don't. And so in her, you know, in her mind, she was ready to get up and go and work more on her painting of white Oprah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me started about white Oprah. It was, it was hilarious. And uh, she did another one that is very large. It's probably four feet by four, three and a half feet uh, in size of a cardinal with um, choir boys around him. And some of them are under his tunic and some of them are not. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of a collar, he's got the word power glued from a magazine around his neck. And then in the closure of his cloak, which, you know, is usually, you know, kind of ornate and, and golden and so forth, was an actual glued onto the painting a pair of handcuffs. And you just had this, you know, it was it was very direct. It was there was yeah. no subtlety to this. <laughs> what could she mean by this? And <laughs> there was no subtlety. Yeah. And I said, "Mom, that is a really powerful piece of artwork." And she said, "Well, you know, some of those men were guilty." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Yeah, Mom, I know. I saw Spotlight. <laughs> you know, but but the the contrast between this little lady in bed dying who is uh, a sweetheart and will give you anything and and uh, the sharpness and the you know who I'm describing right now don't you I'm describing yes. me <laughs> yeah well and you're describing your your daughters yes yes uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's what I said to her I'm sorry now I'm gonna be all weepy damn it I didn't want to do this. That's okay. Um, the last go. thing I said to her before I left was that there was a legacy of creativity. Yes, there is. That's... That she is not leaving this world empty of that. Nope. And I am so grateful for... She's leaving this world more abundant than she Absolutely. got. Absolutely. And, and with a <clears throat> legacy and a, a continuation of that, that yeah. is just eternal. I mean, that that's what I get from this, is that there... The beauty and creativity of spirit mm-hmm. continues on and is eternal. And it every was time embodied in her, it's embodied in me, it's embodied in my daughter, and it continues on. So, so the next time I ask you if you have enough yarn, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. I know when to duck after you I sure say do. that. You sure do. You sure do. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever told Van Gogh he had too many colors of paint. No. No. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, I hope the phone doesn't ring because if the phone rings, this podcast is over. <laughs> right. No. Yep. That's it. Yep. Um, uh, so can we start with Bible Bitch? Because we can start anywhere you like. <laughs> anywhere you like. I, <clears throat> Drift Class did suggest to me that we didn't have to podcast today. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that because you guys are my family. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of why I'm here and thank you for being that I've heard from so many of you some of you have lost your mom some of you haven't some of you are going through that right now um and I just thank you all so much for loving me and embracing me and we hear from lots of people yeah um uh if I, I won't do my Donald Trump imitation. Many, many people, many smart people smart on the brains, internet. Yes. Uh, do do drop us a note and say that Fridays they wait. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
to wait yeah. for for our podcast to drop. Well, and, especially and, now with a hundred hours left until this election, yep. uh, you know, this is when we all need each other, really. Right. Um, so this is, this is our we're no, we're not crazy. We're not going to go crazy. <laughs> right. Next week will come and go. Yeah, it will be incredibly stressful. The um, I, I uh, John Favreau uh, called it the polar coaster. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say that's pretty good. That's, that's why you're pretty... a speechwriter, John, and I'm just a little blogger out here. In the yeah, Midwest. yeah. Uh, but it's it's um, really important, um, especially when your family or your your whatever you consider your family is stressed yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, uh, from multiple directions. Yep. Um, to be calm mm -hmm. and think about what you're doing and be a little more focused on on each task at hand and completing that and moving on to the next one and mm -hmm. being careful with each other's feelings yep. and yep. Um, reminding yourself that, you know, uh, we as a country and as a people have been through so much worse than mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, we suddenly, frankly, and this is where I, I would like to transition to Bible bitch. Yeah. Uh, is... What we are seeing as, you know, dirty, filthy liberals is a lot of other people who've been ignoring us for 20, 30 years, waking up to the fact that our system is fragile, mm -hmm. that there are people in it who are trying to break it. And yep. they're serious. They have bricks in both hands and a knife in their teeth, and they're coming for us. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, that, you know, we're aware of. We've been sort of living with this vision of what where we're going for a really long time. And now it kind of falls to us to be the ones to say, everybody calm down. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to vote. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget to drive your neighbors to the polls. Do whatever you can, wherever you can, with whatever you can. But remember, you know, we've had a long time to settle into this, you know, understanding of what are, what's going really going on in our country. And now we're the ones, whether they listen to us or not, who have to be the wise ones uh, or at least the, the, the veterans Yep. Who say we've seen this before. We know where this is going. We know how this is going to happen. Everybody just hang on tight and uh, be careful with each other. Yeah. With that. So Bible bitch. Bible bitch. That's not scriptural. And we're going to read from um, I'm going to read from Proverbs 16 in the message. Uh, and and let me preface this by saying that there was a woman uh, interviewed by CNN this week who went full Sunday school teacher as far as Donald Trump being chosen by God. Yeah. He has the uh, personality and, and is uh, he is a loving, compassionate father to all of us, just like God is. I mean, it was really super creepy. And so I don't ever want to say anything that would indicate to our listeners that I think God is choosing Hillary Clinton as president no. of the United States. No, no, we the are only choosing thing, Hillary Clinton as president of the United States. The only thing God shows this week is the Chicago Cubs. To <laughs> Bill Murray. That's wins. it. Did you hear Bill Murray? It made me feel so. Uh, it was heartwarming for me to hear this, yeah. which was the Cubs won on the an the twenty eighth anniversary of his mother's passing, mm -hmm. and he said, "I don't think this win tonight has anything to do with my mother, but she would say that." Yes, and that's, yes, 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 yes. So, and 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 you know what? Just to reflect on that for a minute, mm -hmm. I can hold in my mind simultaneously the fact that I've been to dozens of Cub games. I've been to yep. I've been there with in really good seats. I, I never became a Cubs fanatic. Mm -hmm. 
I just never caught the bug, even though it was floating all around me. But I can recognize at the same at two things at once. One, it's a game. Yeah, it's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. And mm-hmm. people win, people lose, they go home. Lots of people get paid. People have a lot of fun doing it. And it also means the world to some people. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it's really important to them. They value it highly. It's a family thing. It's mm-hmm. a tradition. It's a mm-hmm. legacy. And it means an enormous amount to them. Well, the, ma- I, the man who went in the dark with a folding chair and sat by his father's burial site yeah. and listened to the game on his phone next to his dad's grave. He promised because it. we were going to listen to the Cubs win the series together. Yep. You know, that's you can't you can't deny the heart no. of that, right? And, and you can't deny that that's a really that's real. human moment. Yep, for that both of them. That yeah. transcends yeah. any any transient labels or wherever you're from or wherever you think. I can totally understand that and mm-hmm. I can totally appreciate that. And that's for me that's that's in a sense what great literature does. Yeah. It yeah. reaches out to you and it touches you even if it's 400 years old or 200 years old or written in a, you know, been translated from a foreign, you can always recognize the humanness going on inside there. Mm-hmm. And so Proverbs, as you were saying. Proverbs, as I was saying. So I, so I just wanted, I want to preface this by saying, I don't think God is picking who's president of the United States. No. But here's what Proverbs 16 says. A good leader motivates, doesn't mislead, doesn't exploit. An intemperate leader wreaks havoc in lives you're smart to stay clear of someone like that Uh and this this earlier verse when god approves of your life even your enemies will end up shaking your hand (laughs) and i had an experience this week of Uh a person on twitter and and i've made some mistakes this week on twitter i've tried to lay traps for people i've been haughty and uh, acting out a little bit and and kind of bitter and part of that is what's going on in my personal life and part of it is I'm just pissed about this election and Uh um, but I had an experience last night of (laughs) talking about Alice Paul who if you don't know who Alice Paul is she's a suffragette who was who was tortured uh, by the police she was in this country in this in America Um, She uh, was arrested outside the White House. She was protesting for the right to vote. Uh, the The Washington, D.C. police arrested her and a number of women and chained them to uh, – They were the, the warden of the jail where they were was, give, gave the officers free reign to beat up on these women and teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were uh, chained up and beaten and, and just – dreadfully tortured and Alice Paul went on a hunger strike and was force fed with a tube down her throat. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came out of there radicalized, which is kind of <laughs> a surprise. Uh, <laughs> and what she did then was to go West and she went West and started registering women voters because one of the things that uh, the governments of the West had done was give suffrage to women uh, in state elections and congressional elections in order to get women to move west, which is, you know, if you come out to Wyoming, you can vote. Yep. And so Alice Paul went out there and started registering <laughs> voters as the party that Woodrow Wilson was not in. Oh, no. And, you know, we, Democrat and Republican have flipped since then. So let's yes, be clear. Woodrow uh-huh. Wilson at the time was a southern racist Democrat. Yeah. 
and he went to Princeton and, you know, he was educated and so forth. But he was he did nothing about lynchings. No, he did nothing about suffrage until he was forced to because Uh the Western states were going to start sending Republican congressmen to the House. And he didn't Uh want that. So all of a sudden it's in his best interest to just get Alice Paul off his back. Yep. And uh, I admire her for that. So anyway, I was just, you know, mentioning that on Twitter and uh, made a lot of people mad at me because I said that I didn't think any uh, previous president, dead or alive, would select Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. That made a lot of people mad at me. Yeah. All right. And uh, the people on the left all brought up Andrew Jackson. And I said, OK, you got me there. Bye. <laughs> you know, Bye. Fine. Uh but the uh, one person, when I said Alice Paul was my hero, the, she, they must have just gone and Googled Alice Paul corruption or Alice <laughs> Paul bad or something because they sent me via Twitter a link to an article about Alice Paul bribing people to vote for suffrage. And I, it didn't take me three seconds to just, well, where's this from? It was from an anti-suffragette, anti-suffrage propaganda magazine called The Woman Patriot. <laughs> I mean, they really haven't gone far from the tree. Now, now it's just called now it's just called Breitbart, but okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's the same scum, you know, it's scummy. It's the same. Yeah. Yellow journalism is not dead, and no. that's what this was. And I said, you know, this, and what I just stayed positive. I said, this is really a cool resource. Because it's an anti-suffrage propaganda magazine from 1919 that you're using to su- somehow prove something bad about a dev- dead suffragette. You know, 100 years ago, you need, you need to make some point. I don't understand this. So, but I was grateful for the resource and <laughs> that and th- these this other Trump woman was mad at me and kept coming back with, you know, I said, you know, this is what I used at Harvard for my graduate work and i'm <laughs> glad to see another source and this person came back with my condolences you know i'm like what so in the end i just said to her you know i'm glad we can both vote right. i already have and right. i'm glad we can both vote thank you alice paul yes. for allowing us to both vote <laughs> and instead of coming back with something snarky she simply liked my tweet mm-hmm. and i thought you know your enemies will end up shaking your hand I don't care where she is or who she votes for. I know who she's going to vote for or if she's old enough to vote or if if she's, you know, too old to vote. I don't know. Maybe she's a felon. I don't know. Maybe she can't vote. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, That is not the point. The point is we're in this together. We're on Mm -hmm. this planet together. And we're with a bunch of people that some of whom I think are just, as Hillary Clinton says, are irredeemable. Right. Can't be saved. Yep. Um, but some who are not. And I was impressed this week um, with what David Frum wrote. He's uh-huh. not a bad writer. No. And uh, for him to write about, you know, you're not voting for Hillary Clinton. You're voting for the Republic. And please do that. Uh-huh. Um, I was less impressed with the mustache of understanding. But, yes. Uh, Tom well. Friedman, uh, although he said much the same thing. Um, uh-huh. And I, I, I just uh, think that when this election is over, I am praying now for the grace 
to say to my enemies, blessings on you, how can we work together? I know that's what Hillary Clinton wants to do. Um, I know that's what she would want me to do. And um, Bernie Sanders has said, you know, we have this Democratic platform, 80% of which I put in there. Right. And that's what I'm working on. And and, and that's what he's, he's been working on for the last yeah. 50 years. And we got a robocall from Bernie Sanders this it week, did. which we added to our voicemail box permanent saved collection yes. from the two robocalls we got during the primaries to vote for him. And that this time it was vote for Hillary because he wants to get things done. And so yes. I hope that we can get on with it. And I, that's going to require... You know, a change in government right now because of the Jason Chaffetzes of the world. And, yeah, that, there, there's, uh, the, there's the rub. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know what? It reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? Blue Gallon, a Heinlein story? No. <laughs> no. David Brooks? No. It reminds me of um, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. I'll Everybody tell you Everybody take a drink. Take a drink. Um, this convoy of 50,000, 60,000 humans that are all the people that are left alive in the universe. Mm-hmm. Running from, you know, a terrible fate on the run constantly are thrown together. And however horrible they behave to each other mm-hmm. and people, believe me, are shot out of the airlocks all the <laughs> constantly. Time. Yeah. And with a greater, greater kind of like, OK, airlock them a uh, little less due process than we might like. Mm-hmm. A great deal of the show had to do with you gotta live together yeah you have no choice there's no place for anyone for us to go and all we have is each other you mm-hmm. have to find a way to live with each other now the problem with that is that that means we all hold each other hostage if we choose mm-hmm. and my choice for being a cohabitant of this country is to do as much as possible for as many people as possible especially those who are at the most disadvantaged and the fringes of society mm-hmm the best jobs for the most people, the most education for the most people. Keep an eye on how much it all costs. Keep an eye on how how well it's working and fix it. But I realize I'm with people who think that that way of thinking itself is illegitimate mm-hmm. and want yep. to destroy it. Right. Even though right. they are the beneficiaries of it, of generations of spending on their behalf. Mm-hmm. So there's the rub. We you know that there we're going to have to get over the fact that we're in a kind of war. Yeah. And, you know, politics is what you do instead of shooting each other, mm-hmm. which is a very fine thing. I, and I'm, I'm grateful that we, we keep this by and large in the political arena. But we are we are. No, but there's based... so there's so many Republicans at this point making jokes or not jokes about shooting. Oh, yeah, I know. Shooting I our know. nominee that. But, but for now, yeah, for now, this is a Cold War mm-hmm. and demographics and the clock are on our side. Yeah. But and, and, I've, and as I said repeatedly. This is Crazy Uncle Liberty's last stand. Yep, this is his last and, election. And yep. he wants to drag us into the grave with him, and we're not going to let him. But it's mm-hmm. not going to be easy, and it's not going to be fun. Yep, yep. So with that. Let's talk about uh, Rudy Giuliani, speaking of Crazy <laughs> Uncle Liberty. Yeah, yeah. He really did take a selfie inside the house he was robbing. He did. This he, week. Absolutely, he absolutely did. It was just like the – because he's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, and he's and he's an he's really an evil old fuck, yep. and doesn't care because I'm never going to jail. This is remember this is the guy that tried to put Bernie Carrick in charge of the Homeland Security Department. <laughs> you know, Bernie fucking Carrick, <laughs> this absolute jackbooted thug, 
was going to be the guy yeah. who was going to be in charge of Homeland Security until somebody said, wait a minute, aren't you the guy that has all this corruption and fucking around and used the 9-11 uh, uh, rest house to screw your... <laughs> your mistress, yeah. Well, fine, if you're going to split hairs, you traitorous, terrorist-loving mm-hmm. son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Giuliani is just rotten from the skull down. And yet there he is every every time I turn around on television and he and he must know he's never going to jail. There are no consequences to him. So why not, as you said, take a selfie of himself robbing the house? Yeah. Yeah. You know what me and my FBI buddies are doing? (laughs) You're going to love this. (laughs) We cooked up this plan to fuck over Hillary Clinton by dumping a bunch of crap out of the secure files that we just made up. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that you assholes in the media will eat it up and spread the disease far and wide. Mm hmm. That's really all you do. You're just basically disease vectors for our bullshit. And we know that we can play you like a violin because we've been doing it all along. Right. And however much I lie to you and however much I piss in your face. You'll you have, have me back get, on. Yeah. You'll have me back on because that's the way the game is played. And at some point, and I think we might have seen that with Brian Williams. I don't want to get get ahead of ourselves. No, go right ahead and get ahead of at, yourself. At yeah. some point, you know, the the we are the proletariat. Yep. Of the media, um, nobody pays any attention to us. No, even even the people we like do not pay any attention to us. Occasionally, they they pat us on the head and say good job, but that's it. But occasionally, but, but eventually, the princes and princesses or lords and ladies are going to turn on each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you start to see things crack open, and you start to see because we've already using the power of deductive reasoning and basically just looking how shit works. You can see how utterly corrupt CNN is yep. and how utterly and how there's an open war between morning MSNBC and evening MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that broke out into the open today, right? Yeah. Well, I'll just read you what Brian Williams said last night yeah. to Mark Halperin. He said, when Donald Trump complains that he is not getting favorable coverage in the MSM, he has not been listening to you this cycle, Mark Halpern. Ruh-roh. I think you have gone out of your way to find the path, argue for the path, forge the path for him in an argumentative way with your co-host to the nomination. Tonight, I thought you were interestingly optimistic. <laughs> Where are you getting the path of positivity? <laughs> You laid out on your broadcast. Mm-hmm. And, and Mark Halpern... Just, oh, 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 oh. Well, pooped himself. it's not I based mean, on optimism. It's based on the data and what's going on in the battleground states. I agree with Steve. I think she's still overwhelmingly the favorite. But... And the thing is, this clip is at Crooks and Liars. Uh-huh. Make sure that you watch this clip. Uh-huh. That, you know, watch it once for content, and it's only 35 seconds long. Watch it again. And keep your eye on Nicole Wallace's face. Yeah. She is just about to bust a gut laughing mm-hmm. at the widely acknowledged Trump toady. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mark Halpern is absolutely Donald Trump's sock puppet. Yep. yep. Everyone knows it. But here's the thing. This is the, this is the universal rule yeah. of mainstream media. You're never supposed to say that you're not on camera. To there's, say it. Yep. there's, and and you never, you're certainly, and this is something we've, I've, I have, not you. You've been very forgiving. <laughs> I have been saying, look, Rachel Maddow, Chris, Chris Hayes, if you yeah. want to know, if you want to know why X, Y, or Z is happening, if it outrages you and pisses you off, you don't need to travel very far. Go a hundred feet down the hall and ask Joe Scarborough. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Bill Crystal. He's in the building. Why don't you go ask him? Hey, Bill Crystal, how the fuck do you still have a job? You yeah. lying sack of shit. Yeah. But that never happens. And the yep. and the nope. 
And but this can... happened, and it happened, I think, right. because there was Mark Halperin on, you know, with all due respect, his show, yeah. mm-hmm. just shoveling shit a hundred hours before the election, shoveling and shoveling and shoveling to make it, you know, Donald Trump could win. He could win. It might happen. It's a I possibility. Oh, I get Ooh. a little boner here. I can and, feel, oh, yeah. And, oh, that's good. And I'm sure Brian Williams had that on in his office. Like, you know, he has a, probably a bank of TVs in his office. Mm-hmm. And he went, yeah, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. This is you know bullshit. What? I used to be an anchor on the real news. Yeah. And this is you know? bullshit. And I'm just going to ask him. I'm going to be kind about it, but I'm going to ask him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went through... Um, our archives at Crooks and Liars <laughs> and you have in five seconds one. and uh-huh. put up the post from eight weeks ago where uh, Mark Halpern's making excuses for Trump's donation to Pam bon- Bondi. You know, Absolutely. Then dropped her investigation. No, you know. And then uh, I put up a clip from 13 weeks ago when he praised Trump for cleaning up his mess on Iran. Mm-hmm. And then I, <laughs> I put up another clip from 27 weeks ago where... Mm-hmm. He looked at Joe Scarborough and said, you know, Trump could put California in play for the general election. He could, you know, it could, and, could and happen. Joe Scarborough, who, you know, has Mark Halpern on every single day for the purpose of towing the fucking line. You that's know? right, tow the line. You better <laughs> tow the fucking line, Halpern. That's what That's right. But even he said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And they changed the subject. Right. But he, but he's going to throw out whatever he has to throw out to get back on that Trump helicopter because that's his job. Right. So what happened this morning on Morning <laughs> Joe? Well, let's understand. <laughs> if you pick on the bully's henchman. Yep. You know, because every bully has that little I, I can't remember the name of it. The the thing that um, Jabba the Hutt has resting in its. Oh, I don't know what that what crotch. That, we'll get we'll get. <laughs> We'll get uh, we'll get letters about what that alien is. Yes, and I've used I, I, I've used that before. I, I've used it before, so it kills me that I don't know it off the top of my head. But that's basically Mark Halpern. He's yeah. a he's he's every right wing goon's little buddy, and particularly one right wing goon, which is and so Joe he went running down. He went running down. You just know after after Brian Williams, he really down all going. First, he goes and tells Daddy Phil that he beat me. He made me look stupid on camera. And I can do that all by myself, yep. uh, which you're not supposed to do. And then he went, I, you know, he went crying to Joe Scarborough mm-hmm. about how that mean Brian Williams beat me up. He hit me. And that, and you know what? If you're going to you can't be a bully if you don't stick up for your henchman. Well, and Joe Scarborough had watched this and was embarrassed by it Emba- yep. because you're embarrassing my guy. Right. You're, you're calling out my guy on your show. I don't think it was so much that Halpern went crying to Scarborough, but Scarborough saw it. And saw it as a direct threat from Williams, whose mm-hmm. show is doing pretty well at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, it was just a direct threat to Scarborough and Scarborough's reign over MSNBC. That you're taking my guy and, and dragging him across the gravel. And you're not right. allowed to do that. No. Uh, and so Scarborough had his monthly meltdown, you know, that, yes. that he's had every month this year. Of and, and he literally said, this is a direct quote from Scarborough this morning. What it is, what the media, when this election is over, they need to look at just how poorly of a job they did. Uh, uh, pause and, <laughs> and and soak that in. Just steep in it for just a moment. Joe Scarborough saying the media needs, needs to, to look at just how poorly of a job they did. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, when this election is over. And then yeah. he said, I, I said, Joe Scarborough, we can save you a whole lot of time on that how poorly the media did research project. Uh-huh. Just come to Crooks and Liars and look up Morning Joe. Right. <laughs> right. You'll be all set. Uh, this is what he said. This is what Scarborough said. I saw something last night late. That's that's. He's not yeah. going to say the name because that would get him in trouble upstairs. But I can't, I can't say it out loud. But you I don't saw something last that. night late that was staggering. That somebody was attacked. <gasps> somebody? Wow. Again, who is it? Use more passive language, yeah. Joe. Somebody was attacked because they simply said Donald Trump may have had a slight, tiny chance of getting elected. Mm-hmm. And this whole morning on Morning Joe, all week actually, has just been one poll after another, just reading polls, reading polls, reading polls. And Scarborough went nuts and said, you know, if you're like that dude in Memento and you need to take a Polaroid every five seconds just to figure out where you are, take one right now. Write these words on your wrist. Joe's not saying Trump winning is going to happen. Joe's saying it might happen. Yeah. First of all, memento is, memento is my shtick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, he said, God, you people, you need to do your job and be journalists. You're really disgusting. Joe and that's when, that's when that. that's when Mika said, oh, too much, Joe, too much. You know? Oh, Joe. Look, look, Joe, do you just sit there? I'm going to get you some pancakes. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be okay because she knows the next person because whoever's whoever, whoever crosses his sight line at that point yeah, is going get... to be burned to the ground. Right, right. So Because he's a he's a he's a – Meathead. He's a big, dumb asshole. He's a big, dumb, conservative asshole that they couldn't hire Bill O'Reilly to put him on to kill liberal TV. So Phil Griffin went out and got the next best thing, which is a big, dumb asshole to sit in the morning. Class of 94 Congress, one term congressman. Yeah. And and push people around and lord it over, you know, meek little children who he staffs his show with, who he can push around and shove around and shit all over and bully and humiliate. Because that's entertainment. Well, and and you and I compared him to Malcolm Tucker. Yeah. Uh, the character in 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 the thick of it, and watch. I watched some clips of Malcolm Tucker today, and I kept wondering why didn't someone just punch Malcolm Tucker in the face? Yeah. For the amount of bullying he does to people. Because. Because, because that's not how bullying works. And well, because in- he has he has he has the prime minister's exactly. um, club in his bag. Exactly. Exactly. And he can destroy you. Yeah. Um, and and but yeah, he is as we discussed earlier. He's Malcolm Tucker with a room temperature IQ. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't. He's not good at you know. Malcolm, the character is is brilliant at swearing. Yep. He's extremely accurate at honing in on your weaknesses. Joe Scarborough is just an asshole, a, a giant, you know, schoolyard bully gone to seed asshole who has a job for life because Phil Griffin wants to fill in a three hour slot in the morning with a big dumb Republican. Jerk off. Yeah. And he wants to, you know, he wants to staff him up with, you know, humiliated failure, Mike Barnacle and Mika Brzezinski, you know, who will be a footstool for anybody who will promise to keep her employed and just, you know, clown up the studio with a bunch of people. And that's the show. That's it. That is. And it, it need not be that way at all. But it is that way because that is how MSNBC wants it to be. And and yet you can tell when they cross the line. Yep. They're, yep. You know, as as lawless as it might seem, they're very clearly rules set out yep. for everyone to follow. One of them, as Melissa Harris Perry found out, is that you do what Phil Griffin tells you to do. Yep. And if you don't, you're gone. Right. Um, and uh, Brian Williams crossed one of those lines. We'll see what happens about this because it yeah. was 
Well, and and I think at some point, uh, Brian Williams at this point can make the argument that mm-hmm. he he wanted to save the network from a landslide for Mitt Romney moment because yeah. you want you don't want to be Fox from 2012. No. Um, and and someone else on Twitter today said, uh, you know, this this Hillary's emails is the Mitt Romney landslide of, mm-hmm. of 2016. I think that's absolutely accurate. All right. We need to talk about David Brooks, Drift Glass. Sure. We're not going to mention the fact because because uh, Chris Christie's imminent prison oh, term yeah. <laughs> has overshadowed the that mob That did happen pie. today. It that really did. That did happen today. <laughs> uh, Chris Christie's you know, uh, henchmen were found guilty. Yep. are going to jail. They're going to the house of many doors, the Gray Bar Hotel. Uh, and that has overshadowed the fact that Donald Trump has mob ties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And was uh, threatened possibly with uh, physical harm if he didn't lay off the mobster's 35-year-old married daughter. Which, to me, the fact that um, that mobster who was a high roller in, in Trump's casino, and again, yeah. let's let's get all of this out there. And a business partner. Let's not forget that the moral majority has made a ton of money in the South. Oh, yeah. By campaigning against gambling mm-hmm. and camp- campaigning against lotteries and right. then got paybacks from Indian casinos in Mississippi. This mm-hmm. is the Jack Abramoff scandal, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Well, they Jack got... Abramoff is part of it. It's part Abramoff of it. Abramoff was part of it. Abramoff didn't go to jail for this. No. This was Ralph Reed and Jack Abramoff being bag men for right. the moral majority or for, for evangelicals and and by squeezing Indian casinos and vice versa, selling everybody right. to everybody well, else. Every, selling everybody to everybody else in a completely amoral way. Of we're right. just we're just here to make money. That's all by we're waving, here to do. By waving Jesus around. Waving Jesus around and we're tax exempt. And we're we're gonna make we're gonna line our pockets by telling evangelical Christians that gambling is a sin and that if you have a lottery in your state, you're bringing sin, the burden of sin, to every citizen of the state. I mean, I, was, I lived in Alabama for 14 yeah. years. I know that these campaigns went on. Yep. And so, uh, and then they took money from uh, casinos in Mississippi across the border to say, we'll keep the lottery out of Alabama, mm-hmm. and that'll keep the gamblers coming to you. So pay us so we can do our anti-lottery campaign, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll do that for you. And Ralph Reed is still walking free and, and respected. And doing and, the doing the <laughs> Faith and Freedom Coalition, yeah. you know, conference every year with Newt Gingrich, and it's it's just a sham. And and and, 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 and and there's no surprise at all for me that these guys support Donald Trump and will support him no, to the end, no. even though he's a casino owner. Okay, right. in in addition to everything else, <laughs> he's a casino owner, and this high roller uh, mob connected guy. Who mm-hmm. didn't? Who made all kinds of uh, nasty, uh, sexist, and racist slurs at the gambling table, mm-hmm. and then the Trump Casino removed people with those uh, qualities of being either mm-hmm. not white or female from the tables where High Roller was uh, was gambling to make him happy, and so and got fined for it. I mean, that was just found guilty flat out, $200,000 fine for doing that. So, But, but all of that, that entire that, narrative yep. is, just, is just a rounding error. Yeah, well, and, in, and that was in, the thing, because it came up that Donald Trump had tried to seduce this guy's 35-year-old married daughter, mm-hmm. and Chris Hayes and panel <laughs> didn't have time to discuss that. No, we're, we're, busy, we're off to the next scandal. Right, right. So... 
you know, it, there is just Trump fatigue in terms of the amount of scandal and ridiculousness that this guy has brought to the table. And well, that's and, what he, that's what helps him get away with it. And now we have the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so let's 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 count this up real quick before we go into David Brooks. OK. You have the FBI right. and mobsters mm-hmm. and, the and KKK and the Klan mm-hmm. and the former KGB. Right. All working sort of hand in glove or at least in the same constellation of influence mm-hmm. to destroy the American electoral system and hand the election to a right wing fascist orange lunatic. And what do all of those things have in common? Oh, that that once it all passes on November 8th, conservatism has a bright future. That's part of it. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of patriarchy. Yes, that's true. This is uh, a Hillary Clinton election is a tectonic. I'm going to say it right this time. Yeah. Not Teutonic, tectonic no. shift in the way we think about power in this country. Just like the election of Barack Obama was uh, a tectonic shift in the way we think about black people. Uh-huh. Uh And it is scaring the shit out of men who depended on male presidents Mm-hmm. In a way they didn't even acknowledge in their own mind. Right, right. You know, uh, and, and and some women too. Some women are incredibly threatened by this idea of, because all of a sudden they're going to have some responsibility. And I think, I really think there's a real deep psychological thing going on mm-hmm. where a woman president means that uh, females are equal in lots of ways that we meaning people who resist this, are really uncomfortable with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of responsibility and power. And so uh, there's a lot of women out there who don't want the responsibility of being having agency for their lives. Well, you remember one of our favorite touchstones was a woman named Katie Abrams. Yeah, yeah. Katie Abrams, who we won't give you the long story. The short version is, um, Lawrence O'Donnell sort of took her apart on television in a very nice way because she was suddenly patriotic when once Barack Obama was elected. Right. She was one of the freaks who was out there screaming about how she wants her country back. And I, I don't want Russia. She, she didn't want Russia because of health care. Yeah. Because of health care. And she just and she was just a loud screaming, mm-hmm. but very photogenic mother of two. Right. I think I mean, I'm not really sure. And she has since gone on to become like the marketing director of the Heritage Foundation yeah, or something like Coke. that. She's working for the yeah. Koch brothers. Yeah. There's, there's always money. She'll have a it's job all, for life. It's the banana stand. Yep. There's always money in the banana stand for people like that. Yep. But she, when she was being interviewed, it was like she kept saying, I was never involved in politics before. I was never which, involved in politics before. Yeah. Which was all a lie. But and then suddenly something happened in November of 2008. I don't know what it was, but suddenly I wanted my country back. Yeah, yeah. What happened was <clears throat> for people like her, uh, the previous eight years under George Bush, uh, one catastrophe and lie, a disaster and and bankruptcy after another after another didn't even register because there was a white Christian conservative man in the White House. Mm -hmm. And that is the country's proper default setting. And she actually the thing is, she actually said that she did because Lawrence O'Donnell asked her, you know, you were not involved during the invasion of Afghanistan. You didn't get involved after 9-11 when we were attacked. What? What made you not be involved then and be involved now? And she said, well, it seemed like we were always at war. 
were always, we're always in some sort the Middle of conflict. East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so and that was that was the tell. Yep, that was the that was the absolute tell. That was the Orwellian moment. Right. Of she, she the never war noticed. is not meant to be one. It is meant to be continuous. <laughs> exactly right. And and yeah. Barack Obama was the massive discontinuity yep. in her brainwashing. It was yep. the jolt. They're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then suddenly everything about her country is horrible it, overnight. Yeah. Yep. And needs to be rectified immediately by cutting government spending mm-hmm. and where, where all these deficits come from. Yeah. And my God, look at all these wars. And it's the black guy's fault. Yeah. And then after him comes the lady. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And and it's on a it really is. I, I think you're absolutely right on a, on a level. They don't even understand yeah. how completely programmed they are to want to have Henry Fonda as president forever. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Whether he's a terrible president or a good one is irrelevant. It's he's reassuring. His presence is yep. what is the, the important thing. He he is the loving, compassionate father that God has chosen to be be leading us at this time. Right. Okay. It's creepy how well you can do that. <laughs> so David Brooks. We're gonna finish up with David Brooks, yeah. He well he wrote several columns this week and I'll focus on one. Uh, apparently, uh, national greatness conservatism is dead. So uh, I wrote a long column about that. Com- just comparing what he wrote today with what he wrote 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he wrote 20 years ago was basically, wouldn't it be great if we had a powerful, sweeping, giant, changey thingy? Because it doesn't matter what government does as long as it's big and, and vigorous and powerful and inspirational. Like, you got your wish. Yeah. Donald Trump is your wish. Yeah. But yeah. we're not going to talk about that. Um, they, it is desperately important that David Brooks not – not ever be anchored into the here and now mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. forced like Brian Williams forced poor Mark Halpern yeah. to actually face the consequences of shit. He actually said yep. David, that's why David yep. Brooks only surrounds himself with people who, he, who promise never to ask him any questions about the shit he did a month ago. Mm-hmm. Never. And that is the only way he survives. He is a hothouse orchid. If he ever actually had to sit with people who confronted him with his own words, he would disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is he's a paunchy, pasty, little patriarch. He is the, the last sort of little worm in the rotten apple who wants we'll to get to his column, though. What All did right. he say this week? Well, his column was his column uh, was just that after this is all over, we can get back to governance. <laughs> And then, you know what? You know what? You know, after after this crazy election, this crazy election. Oh, and, he, you know, did, Hillary, he didn't consult Jason Chaffetz about this, no, did he? No, he's not going to go back to it'll, – it'll, it'll, it'll all be fine. This, and I might be uh, sort of conflating two columns since they're all really bad. But he really did say, uh, yeah, sure, things are bad now. But I have a great deal of hope about the future of conservatism. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he goes right – he walks straight into this giant pile of shit that he helped make. Yep. And pulls out a, a, a lovely imaginary pony. Mm-hmm. And that pony is the future of conservatism. Because mm-hmm. conservatives, the young conservatives, the young conservatives out there that I talk to, or maybe they're just the voices in my head, um, tell me that conservatives don't believe this and they don't believe that. And I'm like, first of all, all of the characteristics you're listing sound an awful lot like liberals. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, if you are a Brooksologist like me – or there's a couple of other people out there who do this. You can go back 15 years and see David Brooks predicting a conservative renaissance about every three months for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. always wrong. He always says either the, the it's it's coming or the day of jubilee is at hand. Jubilee is at hand. George Bush has solved the problem. 
Uh, the, this McCain-Bush new conservatism has cleansed the party. Yeah, um, yeah. It's gone now. The, the Lieberman effect is going to fix everything. <laughs> or we have a third party, a Lieberman-McCain party. Uh-huh. And just, just year after year. And, and this at this point, you can honestly say decade after yeah. decade, yeah. David Brooks just jerks off to this fantasy that just around the corner – this new conservative is going to come along and everything's going to be great. And he's just really excited about the future. And, of and he, course, he's not asking any Trump voters about this. No, of course he's not, not asking. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. He's got some. I guess he thinks that he'll get his tax cuts if uh, Kasich is selected. Well, I, no, he, he knows three reformacons. OK. And one of him one of his is is a protege of his called Yuval Levin. Yeah. Who's I'm sure a perfectly nice guy, yeah. but you know he knows basically four of these people. Uh-huh. But he and he and of course part of that is him projecting backwards that there was once a golden age back when Bill Buckley was around. Yeah, and Reagan walked among us and conservatism was fucking awesome back then. Mm-hmm. And both me and Paul Krugman did the same thing this week. It was like no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And Paul Krugman actually name checks David Brooks and says, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you are holding your team accountable now. Yeah. But yeah. it's ludicrous to suggest that there was some golden age back in the 80s and 90s, and he just goes through a list that is so extensive that it's different than my list. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and just – but this fantasy that there was a golden age of conservatism, if you just get back to that and forget that there's Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Newt Gingrich and Lee Atwater and all these people that are very inconvenient to my bullshit. Yep. And then well, I have I, ignored I, for decades. Yeah. I have literally on – PBS said, I don't know what Rush Limbaugh says. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And just yeah. and these people have, have been running your movement and running your party since you were in short pants. Right, right. But somehow there was a golden age. And we can we can have a, a renaissance that's going to be just like the golden age because someday, real soon, Yuval Levin and three of his buddies are going to get together and it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I, I went back just for fun. I went all the way back, but I went back to – you know, the Weekly Standard, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the moment when David Brooks enters the stage, the national stage is sort of a big deal. The Weekly Standard was founded with Rupert Murdoch money. Oh, of course. Rupert of Murdoch course. gave Bill Crystal a shit ton of money and, and Bill Crystal hired David Brooks to be a conservative hitman. Yeah, yeah. That was the golden age. That was yep. what he remembers. That's the thing that made that paid his mortgage. Yeah. And that was 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. So, you know, the idea that and now, of course, he sits down at, at the table with Joe Scarborough and they'll go because Joe Scarborough is following the David Gregory model, which is you read Joe, you let Mika read yes. David Brooks's column to him, David Brooks. And they say, David Brooks, what do you think of the column you just wrote? <laughs> and then well, everyone around just, every word of it, actually, Mika. <laughs> and then everyone around them just swoons. Yeah. And then, of course, Mike Barnacle has to come along and do what, you know, the Stooges with David Gregory used to do was, you know, it's just really a shame that both sides are right, so contentious. Right, right, Isn't right. it a shame how both sides are wrong about everything, David Brooks? Oh, yes, it's just terrible, Mike Barnacle. Here's a cookie. And uh-huh. then it's over. And it's over. And the he end. goes off to yep. PBS to repeat it. And he goes off to NPR to repeat that. I'm sure he'll be doing the same fucking thing on uh, on PBS tonight. Yep. And it 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 and it won't end until we end it. Yeah. This falls to liberals like us to mm-hmm. find a way to contain this bullshit and keep squeezing it and squeezing it and squeezing it until there's no room on the printed page or in front of a camera for people like David Brooks. Well, but I think that there's also and this is what I meant when when I was talking about Bible bitch of of this is the chaff from the wheat is going to be coming out at this point. 
They're, yeah. they're, because we are awake to what happened with the Tea Party in the media. We are awake. Yes, yes we are. To how, and we have much more of an avenue with, with social media to call out bullshit directly yeah. to people who are doing it. Right. And so I, I do think that there's going to be a separation now between people who want to, to, as you say, imagine some golden age where we can just recreate conservatism and give it power because both sides mm -hmm. and looking at Jason Chaffetz and the House right. of Representatives saying, no, this is what it is. This is right. the movement. And taking away polling places in North Carolina and doing crazy bathroom bills and uh, calling making target jokes about the president of the United States and, well, and, and, you know, on and on and on. That's your party, David Brooks. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that it's, it's coming down to our responsibility to call that out, but also just, you cannot not see it if you're right. sane. Right. And that's when Brian Williams just says, look, you know, this is, I'm watching this in my office. This is bullshit. Yeah. And I'm going to say something tonight because otherwise our whole network is going to be have shit on its face on Wednesday morning, <laughs> like Fox did four years ago. Uh huh. So, you know, whether whether he's punished for that or not, I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. having to hear Joe Scarborough melt down like he did today is punishment enough. I don't know. Well, and, and part of this is, is is our larger narrative, which is Operation Memory Hole. Yeah, is, yeah. Keep your eye peeled because yeah. what's happening right now. I mean, the David Brooks column today said, you know, Hillary Clinton will win, and she's kind of grim and purposeful and she's detail oriented and, and it's her responsibility uh -huh. if she just if she just gets below the tv reality show noise to draw together majorities to make things happen mm -hmm. and once again we're, we're loading up the next president possibly of the united states with the responsibility of cleaning up your shit yep. david brooks yep. you know yep. for eight years you bitch that basically you you loved barack obama when he was giving the store away to your your thugs yep Yep. The minute he stopped, you tr you said, "Oh my God, I was why betrayed." Is he using, yeah. I was betrayed. I'm a sap. I'm a sucker. Why isn't he using? And that's and that became the absolute narrative across the Beltway. Why isn't Barack Obama using his magic Green Lantern powers? Right. Well, he's, he's, to force he's, his the failure Republican to Party. lead. His failure exactly. to lead. Yeah. And watch, watch how that becomes the opening salvo. Yep. In how will we? level the the new Clinton administration. We're going to have would. 170 hours of hearings about her mailing list and her emails, but why won't she lead? Right, right. <laughs> we won't, we guarantee you in advance that we're going to impeach you. Right. And we won't appoint any Supreme Court justices right. that you, you send up. Why won't you leave? Right. Why won't right. you extend a courtesy? Why won't you be a nice mommy? And really, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that as much as she tries to work with everyone and bless mm -hmm. her heart, if, she, if that's her plan, if she wins, um, that Barack Obama gives her uh, the gift of an empty box of fucks. Right, right. <laughs> this oh, is for you. look at this. They're yep. all gone. Sorry. Used them all up. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And, and uh, if, if it works out that we have the Senate, that the Democrats right. have the Senate and have gained 20 seats in the House, mm -hmm. then we just go out and find nice women to run for some House seats. And we get yeah. the House back into, and it's good. Senate's going to be hard to hold on to, too, for two years. But it will. It will. But in two if, years. You, but, if you can, yeah. if we get through our heads that nothing's going to pass. Right. Right. Then we can focus ourselves on holding hearings on Republicans. Right. 
Right. And FBI and hearing on Republican perfidy and Jason Chaffetz. We really need to see your emails. Yeah, right. I have to see those. And you know what? We're going to have to see those 22 million emails that George Bush uh, flushed down the toilet by mistake, along with the cocaine. Right. So we're going to have to see that. And we're going to have to be dragging people from the Bush administration up here under oath. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Macedonia. Macedonia. <laughs> the Macedonian Facebook page is is uh, a clearinghouse for Trump disinformation. And you can go look up Macedonia in Google News and find that out. All right? We're out of time. We are out of time. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Ling Ling. Ling Ling is a polydactyl. She's sitting with a pumpkin. And she's doing that thing that uh, Barack Hussein, the Kenyan usurper, has started doing, which is we call it the Salvador Dali clock sit, where your uh, hind legs are off of the table or the bed or wherever you're sitting, and they're just draped over the edge. And And it looks like you're going to fall off, but you don't. So she's doing that. Ling Ling is doing that and is an adorable cat. And you should go visit Ling Ling at our Facebook page and website. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions. Go Postal Unions. Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. And we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, there was a humongous charge to our credit card this month in terms of a plane flight. (laughs) Yeah. And at some point down the road, I'm going to do some sort of fundraiser for that. But it occurred to me, it would make me feel good to know that our listeners are using our Amazon link this month and next month to buy something for a mom in your life. Yeah, that would um, be great. If buy I saw that, nice. it, I mean, yeah. I can't see who you are or what you specifically are buying, but I yeah. think I know a mom gift when I see one and I can see what has been purchased from our link. And yeah. um, if you want to help us out and it wouldn't cost you anything um, and it would honor my mom, uh, Go to our website, click on the Amazon link, and get something for a mom in your life. I'm yeah. going to spend the money that I would have spent on my mother's Christmas present because she won't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to uh, buy toys for tots and do a toy donation to yeah. needy children. So uh, that will be my thing to do this year. But um, if you want to help us out, go to our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon link and um, look for something for your mom or a mom in your life and uh, purchase it there. We get Mm -hmm. a percentage back that doesn't cost you anything. And uh, when I look at that and I see all those mom gifts on the list, I'll know uh, that you are embracing us. And I really appreciate that. There are probably a lot of moms who are teachers. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Who could, you know, use uh, some classroom supplies. I'm just saying there's a lot of very clever ways to honor the mothers in the world. Of the world. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution. You can, too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. 
Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties say, Cubs win! Cubs win! The Cubs hey, won! Hey, hey! They're hey, world hey, champions! Cubs win! Win champion Cubs! Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2016. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.